0: top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified and this hour is being brought to you by menards save big money at menards ray let's go
1: lawrence holmes noon to two on sports radio 670 the score and 670 the score.com in odyssey station Russell Dorsey, National MLB Insider for Bally Sports and Stadium.
2: President Jed Hoyer always talks about, you know, who's going to be a part of that next great Cubs team. They think Seiya Suzuki is going to be a big part of that. A guy who is really turned into a stud and could likely be an MVP candidate, Luis Robert, has all the
1: tools, the power, the speed. Host of the Rally on Bally Sports. If you could ban something from sports for 10 years, what would it be? I am gonna say the wave. It's a bit too much. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't let it get to that point where
0: I have 1,000 unread emails. I have 277 right now. You have bodies in your house, bro.
1: Russell Dorsey. What's up, Russell? With Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. The score
0: we love when russ comes by the show and hangs out with us and talks baseball so glad that he is available to be here and talk with us about what's going on with this team because this white Sox team has been causing me all sorts of problems and the problems continued into today he joins me on the circuit resort and casino hotline Second Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Russ, from your point of view, what are you seeing go wrong for the White Sox? Hey, Lawrence. How are you today, sir?
2: Um, <laughs> That's a very good question. I think when you boil it down, they're just not a good team right now, right? They don't play good baseball. They're not hitting the ball. They're pitching, which should have been their strength going into the season, just has not been there. You've had, obviously, the injury to Lucas Giolito and, and Lance Lynn, and now you've had to have Dylan Cease kind of carry you, but they're just not a good team, Lawrence. I, I think that's when you look around how they play baseball right now, whether it's the fact that they're not hitting, they're not pitching great, they're not getting a ton out of their bullpen, and then like, the offense, which should have been your strength, has just not come around. And so they're struggling in a lot of different areas. Defensively, they have not been a good team. Tim Anderson has had a really tough start to the season defensively. There's just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the White Sox.
0: Look, it obviously it's baseball, so one right. bad week it probably won't ruin your season. But there are some things here, and you didn't even get to the strategic part of things where where the, there are some questions about whether or not the the team is being even managed properly with the 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 pieces that they do have on the field it's it is troubling to see so many things go wrong for them and no one really has an answer on how to fix them
2: yeah uh, as far as the uh the in-game stuff personally i feel that they made their bed and they have to lay in it like they made the decision to have Tony Larusa be their manager. We went through this whole thing last year. That's their decision, and that's the one that they have to deal with now. Um, you can't pitch to Byron Buxton in that situation. right? This guy's one of the hottest hitters, if not the hottest hitter in baseball. If Luis Arise beats you in that situation, you tip your cap and live the fight another day. But you can't be left wondering, oh, man, if we had pitched around this guy, maybe we have a different result. You just can't do that. And so... There was clearly a disconnect uh, in that situation. But, yeah, you can't have that. And I think looking back with Tony La had done something differently, you would like to say yes. But even his answer after the game he's like, oh, well, Luis Russa the is a really good hitter. And, you know, in that situation, we we, we gotten buxed out earlier in the game. We thought we could get him out again. It's like, no. Because when you have a guy that is looked at as a p- potential MVP candidate, if anybody else beats you, fine, whatever. But you can't let the guy who I picked to be MVP this year beat you in that situation.
0: You know what bothered me about it, Russ? It wasn't that they decided to pitch to Buxton initially. It bothered me that after the wild pitch, the base yep. is now open. You're not yep. pushing the tying run ninety feet closer to home plate that that you don't reconsider. Like that to me is enough of a of a a data point that you go perhaps we should reconsider the strategy that we had going into this at bat, hold up four fingers and send that angry young man over to first base. And and you're right, Lawrence. And
2: isn't that why Ethan Cass is there too? Isn't that why Miguel Cairo is there too? Like, yes, it's TLR is the figurehead. He's the guy that makes the final decision. At the same time, you have guys that are around you to be like, Hey, odds are not in our favor in this matchup. We should put Buxton on. You have a base open, and let's take our chances with Luis Arise. But nobody, like, you have to have somebody step in there, uh, whether if it's not going to be Tony himself, at least Ethan Katz say, hey, I like this matchup better, or, or Miguel Cairo to be like, look, it's probably better for us to have the force somewhere as opposed to pitching to a guy that's probably the most dangerous hitter in baseball right now.
0: I just played some sound in the last segment of Rick Hahn, and he was asked specifically about Sunday. And he said, I got an opinion on that, and then didn't offer said opinion. But he went on to say that ultimately the the manager has the lineup card and that they provide him with the best information to make the best decision. And I thought it was a damning with faint praise quote by the general manager of the White Sox. It, It was basically a shrug. It was basically like, We give him all of the info, and it's up to him to do something with it.
2: Yeah, I I think it's interesting that Rick presented it that way because I think there are two uh, lines of thinking in baseball right now when it comes to managing baseball games. One, you could be like Ricky and say, hey, we give our, our manager the power, but we give him a lot of information so that he can make the best decision possible. There are also some front offices like, yo, we're taking all that out the manager's hands. We're going to do it ourselves. And you've seen that around the game where you don't even have that situation. It's like, no, this is what our matchup and our numbers say. That's the decision we're making. Uh, And you have a a manager and and a front office that that are in lockstep here. It's like Rick is saying, look, we want to give our manager the authority to make decisions and follow his gut He's a Hall of Fame manager for a reason. At the same time, like, if it doesn't follow your line of thinking as an organization, there's a disconnect somewhere, and that has to be addressed now in April because you want to be playing or the White Sox hope to be playing in late October. We saw what happened last October with a lot of these same issues when it came to the bullpen in that series against the Astros. That was the reason that you you said that they brought to, you being Rick Hahn this is the reason you brought him in as your manager. You said he was the last piece to what you thought was a championship-caliber team. We haven't seen that play out that way. So there needs to be a discussion. And from what Rick said, like, they're talking about it and having an open dialogue about it. But, like, it's something that you should figure out now as opposed to playoff time.
0: Yeah, it probably should have been figured out last year. And that, that's Correct. what's kind Correct. of upsetting <laughs> is that there are yeah. all of these, these flashpoint moments – where and I, I said it last week on Twitter, Tony's resume is not managing the two thousand and twenty two White Sox. He is. Right. And and, and I, I think that it bought him a lot of currency with people around baseball that if you didn't like Tony, you at least could go, Well, look at look at what he's accomplished in his career. Right. And I look at it now like you have to now judge him without the other stuff. You can only judge him on 2021 and 2022. And and while they won the division last year, some of the problems that plagued the White Sox in the regular season showed up again in in the playoffs and you would hope that that he would have learned from the experience. And it seems like he's even more dug in to some of his old school thinking. Now, thank God, Russ, that the Andrew Vaughn has been moved up to second in this lineup because <laughs> seeing Leori yep. Garcia bat third and second was was giving me hives to tell you the, the God honest is true. Uh,
2: And and I think one of the things about it, Lawrence, is what was the the, the talk last year? It's like, well, the roster's good enough where nobody could mess it up. Now you have all these injuries. You have guys not playing well, and that conversation is not the same because the roster, as you look at it now, with the injuries to Aloy and Luis Robert and Yarmacata and, and, you know, the guys that are in there not playing well, now you really need your manager to be locked in each and every day on all these different decisions. And if he's not a team that's already playing poorly, now you have everything going wrong, from the decisions that are made in-game to the lineup. And all eyes are on you. So, yeah, you can't, you can't manage around this, this roster right now with all of the injuries and things going wrong for this team.
0: Russ Dorsey joining me here on The Score. We talk once a week about baseball. Obviously, the White Sox are a big story. They've got the, the Royals already over on the south side this afternoon. What's been interesting to you outside of Chicago? I'll come back to the Cubs, but I'm, I'm curious on what mm-hmm. you've been watching because you're traveling all over, you're watching the entire league. Outside of what's happening in the city, what's been interesting to you?
2: Well, a couple things. I think one thing that I think people and fans are now noticing is the ball is not flying out of the ballpark right now. And it's interesting the pendulum swing from, obviously, let's take – the COVID season, shortened season in 2020 out of it, 2019, the ball was flying all over the place, right? You had guys who had never sniffed 15 homers, hit 30 homers, right? And now you look at this 2022 season where you're seeing some balls get crushed off the bat that don't even make it to the warning track. Um, I know Jake Berger had one in the game, the Sox game the other night, where it's like, I thought that ball was going to be 12 rows deep, and it barely makes the warning track. Like, I, I, that's that's a, a big deal. And so to watch the ball not fly out of the ballpark is something that I'm going to be interested to watch as the season goes because and, and it, it, most people say, okay, it's April, uh, ball doesn't fly out in some of these cities like a Chicago or, or a Minnesota, but you're looking at some of these warm-weather cities or ballparks that are indoors, it, it's the same thing. So I, I'm curious to see if there was – how much of a change was made to make sure that you didn't have a 2019 season again, but if too much of a change was made where now it's really affecting, uh, the game in a lot of ways. Um, the other thing I'm watching is there are just some really fun, exciting teams, the Toronto blue Jays. I've talked about them a lot, but hmm. that if you are a fan that are, you know, you casually watch baseball, like you like your, you like the white Sox or you like the Cubs, but you don't really follow, any team outside of baseball besides those two, please watch the Toronto Blue Jays. Like they are fun. They are hungry. And that is a team that is going to give people problems in the American League for a long time.
0: Yeah. I, I look at them as being kind of the, the funhouse mirror reflection of the White Sox. And and my hope is that those two teams can be competing for, for at least the next five years. But, They've got all of the kids with all of the bloodlines, and they are a lot of fun. The point you made about the ball, I saw Chris Bassett talking a little bit about it. Why, You know what I don't get, Russ, and you're a lot closer to this than I am. Mm-hmm. Why isn't MLB just honest with the players about what's happening with the ball? Why is there so much secrecy around it that we have to go find like independent Astrophysicists and stuff to yeah. cut the ball open, and try to figure out what the hell is going on.
2: You would think that with all the s- smart people that are around the game, that that would be <laughs> that you wouldn't have to ask that question, Lawrence. But you do, and I think when you talk to pitchers, I would talk to a lot of pitchers last year about the baseball. Like we went through the whole uh, Spider Tech era of baseball where. Guys were just like, I can't grip this ball. It feels like a dusty cue ball. I need something else. Uh, we saw spin rates going through the roof. Then obviously we saw the change where, you know, umpires were checking guys, spider attack was banned, and, and guys had to find other ways to grip the baseball. There's, there's a lot. I, 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 I can't pinpoint what is affected more. Like, obviously you can't have guys getting hit uh, with baseballs, but at the same time, if pitchers are going to throw baseballs, they need some type of grit besides, you know, rosin. Like, it's, it's clear last year from all the debate about spider tech that that was a need. At the same time, uh, baseball you can't just deaden a baseball all of a sudden now it's like, well, does this increase balls in play because now it's going to take more singles and doubles and triples to drive in runs, and, and you've, you know, now overcorrected. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, Laura. It's like you've overcorrected too much because you saw all the different problems. Like, all right, got to fix this. we got to fix this. Let's change the ball this way. Oh, we messed that up, too. All right, let's change it back this way. Ah, oh, we messed that up, too. So there's no real balance right now. I think they're just trying to throw things at the wall with the baseball and find what sticks, and it's caused a lot more issues than they had before.
0: What is coming up today on the rally and everything else you're doing on Bally and Stadium? Man, a lot of baseball,
2: NFL draft is coming, so my guy Joshua Perry is going to break some things down. I'm going to do a breakdown of the, twi- the ending of the Twins-Tigers game last night.
0: I uh, saw that. It's going to be
2: a lot of Man, you need the circus music behind it because it is a, a, a wild play. There was so much that went wrong for both teams, and then obviously the, the, the Tigers ended up losing that game. But a lot of fun stuff is always um, sports adjacent. Cam Smith stopping by he's going to be uh our guest this week west Side cam my guy uh so a lot of uh, a lot of fun things coming up today and tomorrow
0: will you be watching game five tonight <sighs> lawrence i will not
1: <laughs>
2: listen man listen i'm not gonna come on your platform and lie to you i wouldn't do that
0: so you just gonna straight up punt on the Bulls tonight, huh? Absolutely, hundred percent.
2: I, I don't like with all the good baseball on the night, other playoff games. Why, why would I sit through that, Lawrence? Why should anybody sit through that? Like, let, I just wanted to be over at this point. That's what I want. <sighs>
0: that's a that's a good point. Isn't that, isn't that a song? I just wanted to be over. Who's who sings that? I think I have that song. That's a, uh, what's her name? That's her jam. Oh, man. Now it's going to be in my head all day. I got to figure out who sings this. <laughs> yeah, Keisha Cole, right? Is it his Keisha Cole's song? I just want it to be over. See? That's a name. That's a name you pulled
2: on a Wednesday afternoon. Keisha Cole.
0: See? You out here keeping me young, Russ. You keep me young. <laughs> that's, that's why you have me on, <laughs> to keep you young. Russ, have a great rest of your day, man. Tell everyone. Over at Stadium and Bally, I said what's up?
2: My guy, I appreciate you.
0: That is Russ Dorsey. He he covers baseball for Bally and Stadium. Has a really fun show over there that you need to check out. Call it the Rally. Like show him support, show him love. Like to see him continue to rise has been a lot of fun and I'm glad that we are going to have him on once a week to talk about all sorts of stuff. I am going to watch game 5 tonight. By hook or crook, I'm going to watch it. There is some news to discuss about Game 5 tonight. As we expected, Zach Levine with COVID is not going to be available for Game 5 tonight. Alex Caruso is also not going to be available for Game 5 tonight because he has a concussion. But as I was getting ready for the show... Friend of the show, Joe Cowley, dropped some news on Zach Levine and, and what's going on with Zach Levine's knee. I want to talk about that and talk about game five of this series with you next here on The
3: Score.
1: Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com the. and Odyssey the. Station. The.
2: Their stars are going to be their stars. You know, it's going to be tough to take them out. I think their their role players and you know, their rotational guys have done a really good job of stepping up. And you know, it's tough to account for that. I think uh, you know, whenever we've adjusted, they did a good job of you know countering that and uh, you know coming out and giving us a different look offensively and defensively. So it's a you know they're a good team. They're a championship caliber team. You, you know, you have to expect that. But you know, I I think that we just need to fight them and, and stay with it. You know, once you know once they give a punch, we have to respond each and every time, not just once or twice.
0: Well, it's still, I guess, possible for the Bulls to come back But Zach Levine, at least for Game 5, is not going to be coming back He is in the health and safety protocol And Billy Donovan said that he's pretty sick yesterday So he won't be playing tonight Neither will Alex Caruso's That leaves you at, at a a bit of a bad place when it comes to your guard play in a game where you might need guard play. You've got your best defender and maybe your best shot maker not available for tonight's game five, which is an elimination game for the Milwaukee bucks. They can knock the bulls out of the playoffs and proceed to go take on the Celtics which I would be fascinated to watch that particular series. Glad that you're hanging out here with me. I'm Lawrence Holmes here with you until 2 o'clock. It'll be Spiegel and Grody. They will be hanging out with you until 6 o'clock tonight. So, um, yeah, man, let's let's... You heard what Russ had to say. Lifelong Bulls fan who's not going to be watching. I am going to be watching tonight. Let me tell you what I am going to be watching for. I would like to see. I would like to see the the Bulls have a good game plan, even if they're going to lose. I would like to see the Bulls play with energy and ferocity. I expect that DeMar is going to go get his, and I want him to because I don't see any other way that the Bulls are going to win. Unless DeMar goes and gets you a whole bunch of buckets. You need all the buckets that he's going to try and give you. This is another another thing that I'm watching for in tonight's game is I want to see Patrick Williams go for his. I am not in the place to say that if he doesn't go for his in this game that it's a wasted draft pick or whatever. It would just be nice... That whatever dog is in there, I would like to see that he could access it in a game like this. Because while it probably is unfair to talk about it this way, if you can't access it for an elimination game, when exactly are you going to access it? And I'm willing to give you more time, but it just—it seems like tonight would be the night... Where you're not worried about Zach taking away shots from you, that you could access that thing, that drive, the thing that got you to the fourth pick in the draft and go get yours. The unfortunate part is if you've listened to this show for the last two weeks, and I appreciate your support, whether you're listening over the air or you're listening on the Odyssey app or you're watching and listening to the show on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 670 the score. You've heard me make this plea to Patrick Williams multiple times. In fact, you've heard me now make this plea five times. Six times, because we I, I said it before the playoffs started, too. So you've now heard me make this plea six times. I shouldn't have to make this plea. Like, notice that I'm not saying... Man, I hope that DeMar gives us the type of effort. I know what DeMar is going to do tonight. I know that even if he fails, he's going to give me everything that he's got on the floor tonight. He will try to will the Bulls to a win tonight. He will try to drag them kicking and screaming to extend this series and maybe get both Caruso and Zach back in the lineup. I don't have to ask because I already know what he's going to do. With Patrick Williams, I feel like I am pleading for him to like just play ball, man. Just go out there and play as hard as you can like your hair is on fire and see what happens. See what happens when you go and give him everything that you got. This texture says, DeMar cannot score 120 points in a game, and that's a problem. Yes, it's also a problem that it isn't just Giannis. That Chris Middleton is missing from this series. Bobby Portis, shout out to Bobby Goggles, missed a little bit of time, but since then has come back and has treated you... A way that you he's giving you the Anita Baker treatment. Sweet love. And he's not the only one. Grayson Allen, back-to-back, career playoff highs in your house. And I joked about this yesterday, and I kind of wasn't joking that much. I'd very much like for him to be defended. Hard. He should be defended hard. And I want to see that. Luckily, I think we're going to see more IO tonight. Not that IO is the difference between them winning or losing the series, but I do think that it's a little bit odd that IO has been pushed to the background, like out of the rotation, pretty much, when he was running your team for a big portion of the season. Strange. That's something that at the end of the season when they get an opportunity to talk with Billy Donovan, I hope he is pressed upon that, and I hope that he's honest about it. And for the most part, Billy Donovan is pretty honest. In fact, we'll hear from him in just a second. Joe Cowley wrote in the Sun-Times today his good piece that folks that he talks to have have told him, and I'm not surprised that this is the case, that Zach's knee is worse than Zach is letting on. Meaning, he will tell you that he's eighty percent, but he's probably about fifty percent. And so, there's some questions about what do you end up doing with him, and in the off season, what are you going to end up doing with him? I've kind of, I've kind of made up my mind. I made up my mind about Zach at this point. I think that he's a guy that's earned a max contract but isn't a max player. I want him to get all the money that he can get because every player should get all the money that they can get. I'm just not sure that I want the Bulls to give him that money. And Joe brought up like signing trade scenarios, like all sorts of stuff with Zach. I do appreciate him wanting to go out there and play with the knee that he's got but if he's not the same player I don't know I'm not sure that it helps that's kind of where I'm at um, with Zach let me give you a couple of pieces of sound to think about as the Bulls go into game five let's start with Billy Donovan the 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 ball movement has led to some corner three opportunities Uh, I've discussed DeMar DeRozan not taking those opportunities to shoot the three, but to dribble into the defense and that I would very much like for him to increase his three-point production next season. Here's what Billy Donovan said about the confidence in taking corner threes.
3: The thing that was eye-opening to me last night about the shooting is I think we generated 19 corner threes for the game, which is an astronomically high, very, very high-valued shot in the NBA. And I think we were five for 19 from there. They generated five corner threes, which is what you want to do defensively, and take. They want four for five, so there is times where the ball is being sprayed around and guys are open, and you got to have them take those shots. And we have not necessarily stepped up and, and made the level of shots or the shot making that maybe Grayson Allen has done, and or Wesley Matthews, or you know some of these other guys on the perimeter. You know we had. But I, I think that Zach and DeMar, they're trying to play the right way. And I think they're trying to get to their spots. And listen, when those guys get to the ball in their hands and they're going to send two people at them, you want them to make the next best play. And I don't feel like in the game, you know, we had that big third quarter I thought we played a little bit faster point-wise. But I don't feel like we're coming down. And, you know, I thought the first possession of the game, we ran really good action. They moved the ball. We got Vuce wide open corner three. Didn't, didn't make it. With the way they're playing defense, I think we're driving the ball. We're getting into the teeth of defense. But when they converge and there's three or four guys there, I think the worst thing we can do is try to force it in there and shoot over their length. We're going to have to spread the ball out and and, and hopefully continue to have confidence in taking the shots out of there.
0: I agree. And what it tells you is that another thing that has to happen this offseason is that the roster for the Bulls has to be more complete. And it has to be more 2022. Meaning you need more people who can make three-pointers. One of the people that you count on to make three-pointers is not going to be available tonight. But that you need guys that are going to make those shots. Plenty of people around the Bulls are hoping that that would be Kobe White. And in this series, he has not been that guy except for that spasm in Game 2 where he was. Maybe Patrick Williams can be that guy if he's more aggressive. But you have to make those shots as you're as you're moving the ball and you are getting the open looks. If you're getting those open looks, man, that's what you want. Like Donovan said, now you got to knock them down. You have to have a roster that's capable of knocking them down. And you do have to start going downhill to create those. I agree with Billy. There there have been times in games three and four that it's looked like the Bulls have allowed Milwaukee to stop what it is that they want to do offensively. Bill Winnington actually talked about this. He, he was on the score and he brought this up, that there's still some stagnation in the Bulls' offense.
4: When our offense get successful and when I say our offense our isolation offense when Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan start to make a lot of shots we become very stagnant and it's a great thing when they're making shots but when they're not making shots we can't just stand still we have to start having cuts if you look at what every other team has done to the Bulls the last month of the season and especially Milwaukee now in the playoffs they're making that extra pass when the Bulls do do a great job and they have done it many times on blocking Giannis out from the basket. What's Giannis doing? He's finding the open man. Mm-hmm. And then that man will either have a wide-open shot or moves the ball on, almost like a hockey assist to the next guy, where the Bulls just can't rotate out. There is no way a team can run as fast as another team can pass the ball. And that is really what I, I think is a nice thing about what Milwaukee's doing right now. Forget about the talent on the team, the players. They're just playing basketball and moving the basketball quickly.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it is getting them open shots. Guys are not recovering from the double and triple teams on Giannis. And that's leaving Grayson Allen open to make your life miserable. And he's done that. Like he, That's the part where, where I was discussing it yesterday. He's relishing in his villainy. And that to me ain't cool. That he loves it. He loves that the Bulls have done nothing and that they, they stand to do nothing about his villainy. It's made him very comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you're going to make shots. And he has. And he's gained confidence throughout this entire series. And it's annoying as hell. So annoying. Two things I want from tonight's game, okay? I want to see aggression from Patrick Williams. And I want to see Grayson Allen defended. If I can get the Bulls playing in a more up-tempo style, that would be fantastic. But just give me aggression from Patrick Williams and... Things not being so easy for Grayson Allen. And even if the Bulls lose, I think I can walk away going, all right, now let's get on with the getting on in the offseason and making this roster a little bit more complete. That's it. Is that, that's, I'm not asking for too much there, am I? Ray, is that too much? I think you're, you're in the playoffs. Come on. That is not a lot to add. I mean, it's it. Look, it's a tough assignment. It's the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions. But come on now, stop. As we talked about yesterday, you got to at least make sure Grayson Allen doesn't have a third consecutive game with a career playoff high. Right. I, I'm not asking. I'm not asking for the Bulls to win the game. I'm not asking for them to shut down Giannis. None of that. All I'm asking for is aggression from Patrick Williams, and someone guard Grayson Allen. If if they lose tonight and Grayson and they stop Grayson Allen, and you see Patrick Williams, you know, put up 15 points and have nine boards or something like that, I I'll be like, all right, all right, I'm I'm ready for the postseason press conferences, and then figure out what the hell the Bulls are going to do want we'll to talk a little bit more baseball. We'll do that next here on The Score.
1: Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
0: So far, the White Sox are running into a Royals team that's having a hard time picking up baseball. But over the last 8 games, it's been the White Sox who have struggled picking up the baseball. I feel like that's something that can be fixed inside of a season. And, And maybe that makes me naive. Stoney was talking about it in the first segment of the show, saying that it is a matter of concentration. The guys need to concentrate. They need to think about what happens if the ball is hit to me. What am I supposed to do with the ball once it's hit to me? If they could clean that up, I think that they would be in a much better position than what you're seeing with them over the last week and a half, but it's something that organizationally hasn't been addressed to the point that it's gotten through, and I'm not sure how you can go out and do more of it, but I am sure that you're not supposed to have this if Tony La Russa is your manager. And that's something that's got to change. And I, I'm not sure if, if he's got it in him to 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 make them a better defensive team. But if they don't get that part of it together, with the way that their injuries are and guys are going to be staggered in and out of their lineup, if they don't get that together, it doesn't matter. Because what will happen in October is the same thing It's happened the last two Octobers. We'll see them not be able to pick up the ball. And no matter how much talent they have, we'll we'll see a team that's in there going, man, they should be a lot better. They should be a legit World Series contender. You can't be if you don't pick up the ball. I'll talk with Spiegel and Grody next here on The Score.